Nobody could have ever predicted it would spread so fast. And once exposed, you never stood a chance. It got into your blood, burrowed into your brain. Countless lives. We're both gonna die. Altered in an instant. But that's ancient history. We were just getting warmed up. Resident Evil, realizing your nightmares for 15 years and counting. Hello, sir. Yes, sir, the RPD dispatch has been eradicated. No, sir, they no longer pose a threat to Project Umbrella. That is correct, Colvin is under our surveillance within the organization. And yes, we acquired his betas. With control of the betas, Project Umbrella, led by the founder, will rule the community. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. Project Umbrella. Hello and welcome to the first Project Umbrella podcast, where our search for the truth is more thorough than any stars mission and our thirst for knowledge is only matched by zombies' thirst for flesh. My name is Nick, better known as Neptune on the boards, and joining me today is Paul, better known as Newsbot. Hello. And we've also got John, better known as the Batman. Hello. We've got John, better known as Mr. Spencer. Alright. And finally, we've got Paul, better known as George Trevor. Good evening. Firstly, I'd like to say on behalf of all our uh, listeners, uh, thank you for downloading the first podcast. We hope you enjoy it and there'll be many more to come. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be looking at any uh, projects that we've got on the site, as well as looking at mainly our hopes and fears for the uh, coming year in Resident Evil. Looking at Revelations, Damnation, Operation Raccoon City and even Biohazard 6, following which we'll be looking at our expectations of Revelations, which is, of course, due later on this month, worldwide release. Can't wait for that. We'll be looking at Revelations in a lot more detail, discussing plot theories, the characters, and the events that have been leading up to the incident on the Queen's Zenobia. Expectations of Revelations as well, and what our hopes and fears are for the game itself. Yeah. And then finally, we'll be doing a quick fun quiz where all participants of the podcast will have their brains racked with five demanding questions. And we hope you guys uh, who are listening as well can play along and then post your uh, results on the forums as well. I hope I just don't come last. (laughs) I've been told I'm competing with uh, Mr. Spencer for last place. (laughs) Yeah, I I won't tell you who told me that, though, John. See, that's the odd thing, right? I'm on this site, right? But I don't know anything about the series. I don't know anything. I don't know why I'm here. Shh, don't say that. I don't. Don't work on Resident Evil Wiki, then. (laughs) Without further ado, I think we should crack on. First thing we're talking about is the website itself and any updates that are coming. Paul, can I hand over to you? Because you obviously you're the uh, man with with the knowledge of the site better than most. So uh, what can you tell us? Well, I'm working on translating the files first, which is hectic as it is. Yeah. I've already shown some of you how bad the uh, translation already is in the series in general. So I'm just working on retranslating, just making it more accurate. I'm curious here because Japanese is not an easy language to sort of learn. You know, how did you get into this? Like, where did you start to learn Japanese from? I think it was Welsh. He got me into it. So since then, I've just been getting better and better with his help. But what's to say that, I mean, obviously the problem we faced with, you know, localizations is that uh, translations have been more often than not mistranslated. So are you sure you're not going to make the same mistakes as <laughs> translators? Well, you don't usually. I cross-check everything I do with Welsh, and then if I don't I, trust his opinion, I go to a professional. So I've always wondered whether the discrepancies we have between the localised English versions of the games 
And the Japanese originals were not necessarily down to mistranslations, but more just laziness, really, on the developers. I mean, if we've got people on the site that are dedicated to translating them in their entirety as they were originally, I think it may just more be a case of desire and, and the fact that the, originally the developers were just maybe rather lazy. Well, that's true. They hired a lot of, Jesus, I wouldn't even call them professionals. So. <laughs> Main translator for the first few games was Saku Uhara, and he didn't do a particularly good job. I think as more more and more translations come out, you can clearly see the mistakes aren't just perhaps trivial, but, you know, it's fundamental at times to the actual main storyline. Key point being, you know, the Wesker's report and things like that, and how everyone's perception changes just from some lazy translating skills. I think the problem doesn't lie with the translation staff, but rather the simple fact that outside of Japan, Capcom don't really care about mm. the series as such. I mean, they obviously care about it on Japanese shores, you know, Biohazard, but as far as it goes to Western audiences, I think they sort of bring out, you know, the bridged version of it and just say, yep, there's a rough translation, have fun with it, whatever. I would agree with that. One thing we have certainly identified is that the problem's much bigger than what we originally thought. Definitely, yeah. And one thing that strikes me as odd, English translators have a bad habit of adding complete sentences that just don't exist in the Japanese versions. They must take a guess at something. They go, well, that word means... Yeah. One example I can think of. Last year, I spent quite a bit of time translating Biohazard Archives 2. And now that the English version is here, I've been studying it quite closely. And in the key word section, there's lots of sentences in the English one that just aren't there in the Japanese version. According to the English version, for example, Chris and Jill joined the private regional biohazard containment unit four years after Raccoon City, which would be 2002. And obviously that's quite a good point for anyone who wants to write a timeline or whatever, but the problem is that sentence does not exist in the Japanese version. It's just completely made up. Yeah, they also removed some sentences as well. They removed the one about Ada being the key to the true purpose or something. Yeah. They removed that completely. Considering Capcom went to the effort of making two archives books, they could have at least get it a really one, two really good translations of it, and then they can send it to all the local translators, or even Slant 6, of course. And if that, because we know the Japanese archives are actually really detailed and bang up to date. You know, if all it needed was one translation, and then, you know, we wouldn't be having all... Yeah, but the problem is, with having a professional translator, is that it costs money. I'd question, though, would it be so expensive to, you know, to a company like Capcom to employ, you know, a competent translator rather than, presumably, what it would cost relatively the same just to, you know, employ another human being who's going to do a a poor job? I I wonder how much more expensive it would be for them just to, to get it right. True. What can you do? <laughs> it's a common and old problem. We had the same thing with Archives 1, I think. A the... Resident Evil has been detected on the train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we had the errors with the dates relating to the parasite consumed by Lisa Trevor and how we then got the Nemesis project. In the Archives 1, certainly, they almost coincide the events, whereas in reality, they, they were decades apart. And when Lisa Trevor was first experimented on with the parasites and then the development of the Nemesis uh, T-Tyrant, the Archives 1 has those events occurring simultaneously. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I think if you look, I think it's under the paragraph for the Nemesis T-Type. Right. It makes no mention to the massive time between the two events. Okay, well, I think, you know, we could talk about translations all day long, and perhaps we will one day. In terms of editorials for the website, I do believe that the biology of Part 3 is being worked on as we speak. It is. It's very exciting. According to the doctor. I'm looking forward to reading that. It should be very interesting. I've heard the focusing on the G-Virus, the T-Veronica, and the Nemesis Parasite as well as well as talking a bit about certain monsters that don't really get an adequate explanation. Ah, yes, the uh, unexplained or the ambiguous VOWs. Yeah, I think after that they're planning one more, which will cover Las Plagas, Ouroboros, and probably the T-Abyss virus, depending on how much we learn about it. Wow. I mean, they're brilliant reads. I mean, I have to be honest, the first one at times really went over my head. No, I'm pleased someone else has admitted to that. I mean, they are absolutely phenomenal, but uh, I think you perhaps, I mean, it's testament to perhaps in biology to really get the most out of them, but they're fantastic. Not just the knowledge, but the passion for the series, because for someone to actually put in that level of commitment to something like that, you've got to have a lot of passion for what you're writing about, and there's a lot of passion in the editorial itself. Yeah, definitely. We all look forward to that, and a great download that would be. Um, we've also got the, oh, we're going to have to help me pronounce it, the 
Mahara Desire. Mahara Desire, oh, yeah. Thank you. I got the comic. If you guys saw the translation of the first one, it's certainly not, you know, the most interesting or, you know, legendary Resident Evil stories. Issue two. I mean, I tweeted a link today of a Japanese advert claiming that issue two was going to be published on the 22nd of December. I- I've not seen it. I got a similar email confirming this from Play Asia, but there's no pre-orders and I've not seen it at all. Um, me and uh, Michael Chandler who also worked on the translation. We're both looking out for it, so I'll, I'll let you guys know. But at the moment, I can't get my hands yet on a copy of issue two. As soon as I do, then obviously within a few weeks, we'll have the translation. Just one last thing. Sorry, Nick. Uh, no, I've got course. a message from Welsh, sorry, about a couple of things he's working on that he wanted us to mention. He's busy exploring the uh, unused elements in Code Veronica. And, yes, I saw a bit of that. And he's left a rather cryptic message about getting the free camera mode working, which I'm assuming is the, uh, is it the first person single-player story mode? That was... No, it's changing the camera angles, I think. Ah, right. Ah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Was that sort of some hidden option? I heard a rumour that in one of the original betas for Code Veronica, you could play portions of the single-player campaign in first person, but I don't know if that's true or not. That's given me horrible uh, memories of Survivor 2. That's the first-person experience in Code Veronica. Yeah. I actually have a fucking copy of Survivor 2. Oh, yeah, damn straight. Oh, on my shelf. <laughs> Gathering dust. I'm afraid. Oh no, I, I play it from time to time. Actually, I like it. But that's only because I, you know, I like my sort of light gun shooters. So you know, I will obviously play it. Welsh is also working on a uh, top secret project relating to Biohazard Zero for the N64. Oh, you'll be interested in that, having started your uh, Resident Evil life with RE2 on the N64. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I love all of Welsh's contributions. Sometimes they don't necessarily surface, but no, I, I, I can't wait for that. <laughs> Fantastic. He's got a couple of interviews coming up. One with Mr. Uda, is it? Which should reveal some information on the version of Biohazard 4 which became Devil May Cry. And he's also lining up an interview with the scenario writer for Biohazard 3. Has he confirmed that interview? Yes. Oh, really? And he's, of course, the same person who worked on the early versions of Biohazard 4, which was the Fog version and the Man version. What about the uh, interview with no. the sound director bloke? What's his name? Masama Ueda? Yeah, that's who, that's who we've got. Yeah, sorry, I think it's Ueda. I didn't know how to pronounce it, but yeah. Oh, neither do I. Neither do I. That reminds me. I'm working on the, I don't know what they call it, the beta or the final version of the Chronology of Evil. Oh, yes, we should mention that. The yes. Chronology of Evil. Which is like sort of a a timeline, would you say it is? A timeline between the background of the series and the series itself. We've had, was it El Bastardo's version for a while, the sort of incomplete version, so... There is a pretty much complete version on the site already. Yeah, but once Revelations comes out, it'll be finished, I think. And Operation Raccoon City, don't forget. Well, we'll we'll cut, we'll cut. We'll come on to that. Okay, right. In terms of the other news from, you know, general biohazard world, obviously Revelations is coming out quite soon. Who's pre-ordered? I pre-ordered yesterday, actually. And was that Zavi exclusive? No, I, I don't trust Zavi. I got mine from shop2.net. They usually ship a day early. So. Good man. Shop2 is very good. Definitely. The um, demo is slated for tomorrow for the US and the eShop, I think it is, for VDS. I'm still waiting for my um, eCapcom limited edition Biohazard Revelations. Not sure what's on the video exactly, but um, yeah, there's, there's a few extras on that. Is that the Jessica's one with... report, I think. Yeah. Right. Well, so we'll come back to Revelations a bit later on. And other news, obviously, Raccoon City, Operation Raccoon City, sorry, continues to surprise, amaze and annoy and frustrate. With every new kind of trailer and video, that's, that looks great, the graphics are improving, but it still sucks. Yeah, I mean, I've really, I think the only aspect of this game I'm going to enjoy, which I am been enjoying, is the cinematic trailers. I, I think they're fantastic. I just love to, you know, I love seeing the Resident Evil 2 environments, you know, realised like that. But in terms of the gameplay, I, you know, am I being lazy and unfair to say, you know, it's just a glorified mercenaries really isn't it just sort of one big multiplayer sh- shoot em up yeah i'd agree with that synopsis so come with zombies yeah we all knew that right from the beginning the minute mm. Land six was announced it was so with zombies and, ev- and everyone went mm. problem is it's, uh, it's not so much so as a series because so is actually a really good series 
But it's just that Slant 6's contributions to SOCOM have not been the most well-received of the, uh, the games. No, that's true. That's true. And then, of course, today, in terms of the news, we've had this rumoured, and I will stress rumoured, Biohazard 6 reveal. In the nick of time for this podcast, which is quite good. It's certainly a better campaign than the Queen Zenobia one. Yes, yes, I'd agree with that. And if anyone's seen the uh, recent video, it's on YouTube, I believe, that's quite convincing and it looks quite worrying. And the symbol, I will say, does look a bit like Cyril Sneer from their raccoons. <laughs> you remember, back in the 90s. Until something comes out, it looks like the raccoons. That's your theory about Biohazard 6. Yes, Cyril yes. Sneer has Cyril obtained, <laughs> yes. he's obtained the T-virus and is planning to sell it to increase his personal fortunes. Yes, and then take out all the raccoons in the world. There, see? You see, you laugh about it, but it is the kind of thing he would do. Well, how much more ridiculous is that than, you know, Wesker impaling himself on a tyrant, you know, in order to further world domination? See, Cyril Sneer is a smart man. He's a businessman. And I don't think he would go to those lengths to, you know, he wouldn't impale himself on a tyrant to, you know, it's too much effort, you know. I heard he artificially wanted to create a superior race of raccoons, lead them into a new generation. <laughs> now you're getting into, like, theory territory. Yeah. Yeah. A new raccoon city. Yeah, so I think, John, if that does happen and Cyril Sneer is somehow involved in Biohazard 6, I'll eat my hat. Fair I hope enough. he is. I think it'll be an amazing story if he is. <laughs> I'd buy it. This viral website has been confirmed to be owned by Capcom. Oh, really? There we go. Someone from NeoGAF, I think, has done some digging. And the company it's registered under is called WebFusion Limited, which is the same company that runs the Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City viral website. Ah. So I think it's all but confirmed that it's Biohazard 6, or at least a new Biohazard game. Dead Rising 3. Yeah, I was about to say, what about the possibility of a Dead Rising game? Which would be disappointing. It would. I would laugh, to be honest. I would laugh my ass off because, <laughs> all these, honestly, I would. All these people out there going, oh, is it Biohazard 6? It's Biohazard 6. And nope, Dead Rising 3, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> You're just mean. I know, I know. We have voice acting leaks, so to speak, from the, the Chinese villager actor, I think. Was yeah. there another one, or was that just the only one? It's the only one I've seen. I think there was another voice actor who had it on his resume, but it was removed pretty quickly, and it didn't say what part he was playing. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Seriously, <laughs> Right, I just want to mention one more thing about Biohazard 6. This is exclusive at the moment, but by the time people listen to this, it'll either be debunked or it'll be out in the open. Okay. And it is this. Wow. The characters involved, the main characters, are going to be Chris, Jill, Leon, and Ada. There's going to be three different single-player scenarios, one for Chris, one for Jill, and one for Leon. The enemies are supposedly modified zombies, and the game does indeed take place in China. But why go to China's out there? <laughs> <laughs> this is world-exclusive information, and you're like... Yeah, but China's a shitto, why do you want to go there? It's like bad enough going to Spain in RE4. But then, just to kill everyone's excitement, there's another thing in which... This has got to be a mistranslation of some sort, but apparently another character that's present is Wesker's son. I mean, I, I wish I had been now. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if you're going to carry on with the Wesker storyline, at least put yeah. Alex. This is what I was just about to say from The Lost in Nightmares. Yeah, that was one of the most fascinating files, you know, from the whole game. Yeah, I'd like to see that developed. I'm just hoping that's a mistranslation. That's too soap. Well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just had a thought. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> okay. Basically, you mentioned Wesker's son. Now, we all agree that Wesker's son would be a bit retarded and cliche and stupid, right? We all agree there. Yes. But what yes. if, what if it was Spencer's son? Dum-dum-dum. Yeah. I'm buying that more, but... Are we sure someone just hasn't mistranslated and it's just Wesker's son, as in Japanese? I don't know, but I'm hoping someone's maybe just assumed it's Wesker's son and it is indeed Alex Wesker. And it's just been miscommunicated somehow. So I was going to say, for me personally, what I'm really fascinated about with Resident Evil 6, not necessarily the characters, whether they're going to be, you know, returning ones or not, but the actual gameplay. For me, Resident Evil 4 and 5 was slightly linear. You know, if we get away from the survival horror, you know, Call of Duty style game debate, just in terms of the exploration, I would hope for a more open world situation. Yeah, but yeah. RE2 was very linear. Well, do you, I don't know. You, you certainly would find items that 
didn't necessarily, you know, weren't put to use there and then. You would, you know, find items that would then be relevant much more, you know, much later on in the game. Maybe my, uh, I wasn't very good at the game, but I certainly was, you know, going backwards and forwards, you know, throughout the building. Whereas I always seem to be on a forward journey with Resident Evil 4 and 5. You know, you don't yeah. tend to, to return to many areas. Especially with RE5, I always found that it just, as the level wore on, it just progressed, you know, built up, built up, built up to whatever crescendo they were going to have, whether it would be on the road racing the trucks or the Nandesu thingies. It was all filled up and then it just kind of big anticlimax starting again and it got a bit repetitive, I found. Can I just say something? Yeah. Fuck that boss, the one in professional mode, um, Nandesu. Is he difficult? I only play on easy mode. (laughs) You bastard. I had to do, I went through RE5 and professional. And Nadesu on professional is just ridiculous. Just you know, it was just weeks of frustration. Couldn't be done. <laughs> Despite but, unlimited ammo. Well, it's the quick time events that fuck you over. Somehow they do. Yeah, the quick time events. Uh, you know that fight with uh, Wesker and Resident Evil Four. That really did my head in. I don't know. I'm showing my age now, mentioning Daily Thompson's decathlon. But you know, continually just pressing various buttons. I just didn't do it for me. And that concludes the news. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped relying on imperfect human DNA and injected himself with Uruboros, he could kill like me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on a volcano. With the man your man could kill like. What's on your arm? Back at me. I have it. It's morphing precious metal from that favorite jewelry of yours. Look again. Your jewelry is now a giant avant-garde phallic symbol. Anything is possible when your man injects Uroboros instead of living on measly human DNA. I'm eating rockets. So this is Biohazard in 2012, as we've already alluded to what our hopes and fears are for this year. We have a plethora of games and media coming out, um, obviously Revelations first, Operation Raccoon shortly afterwards, hopefully Damnation, although that has gone mysteriously quiet. Yeah, you know, we got that first teaser, didn't we? And, uh, you know, Capcom loved their mysterious men we kind of got that triangle of chris jill and the mysterious chap for revelations and you know with damnation the figure on sort of standing kind of on a mound that you know swapping yeah. glances with leon um, that identity was beaten to death in the forums by oh it's carlos oh it's billy oh it's probably a new character but never mind and... cyril sneer Cyril Sneer. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. He's probably working for Cyril Sneer. He's got to be working for Cyril Sneer. We can't just introduce him just yet. You know, we're gonna sort because he comes in in Biohazard Six. <laughs> Obviously. So yeah, as I said, you know, um, let's be honest. Like Damnation, the teaser trailer was in terms of other releases. It was released on the Afterlife DVD or Blu-ray. And if we all recall, Degeneration was on the Extinction one, and the film came out quite quickly afterwards. Yet, we found ourselves hurdling towards Resident Evil 5, the movie, and there's not been any subsequent trailer or release date or anything about Damnation yet. And, you know, we want it, because obviously Degeneration was quite a good throwback to uh, zombies in the world of Mahini and Ganandos. So uh, it's, it's it's disappointing, really, because it looks quite a good game. At so. least we know that Leon is the main character. That's what we know. We don't know whether this is pre or post RE4, do we, or you know where it's going to fit in the timeline? No, but it's good to see BOWs being used in a city. A European war zone, I think it says, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, Chechnya. Litters everywhere. Kosovo. Um, Scarborough. <laughs> did, did, I, don't, I don't remember on the forum did sort of discuss, you know, particularly what type of liquors they were, you know, whether it was sort of um, the ones that we saw in RE5 or, you know, just our, our basic original version. They look like, to me, the RE2 ones, not the Outbreak thin. Yeah. So uh, they didn't look like the beta ones from RE5 and thankfully they didn't look too much like the uh, movie ones either. I'm not sure else we know. Let's hope it gets released at some point. I think it will, because uh, I did some digging a few months ago, and Digital Frontier, who was the effects company that did Degeneration, were had an ad- advertisement for animation and artists for Damnation, and the closing date for applicants was September last year. Ah. So uh, there should be into production now, basically. If I remember correctly, didn't Degeneration get a cinematic release in Japan? Yeah. And I think, isn't Damnation supposed to be getting a limited theatrical release in America as well? I don't know. I might just be making that up. 
I can't see that going down well. It is in 3D, isn't it? Oh, it's not, is it? I think so, yeah. The facility has been breached. We're closing shop. Prepare to go home. We could lose crucial evidence. Are you finished now, Director O'Brien? It all started one year ago. Right there, Terra Grigia. Then even a child could guess what will happen next. The FBC is making a huge mistake. There have been rescues, there have been losses. Too many. Are we in hell? Yes. They call it Terra Grigia. We are Veltro, vengeful messengers from the depths of the Inferno. We killed these bastards already. Then stories of their resurrection are true. How much time has passed, right? We can't let this virus contaminate the sea. But you are still on the case. Yes, sir. You two, just find out anything you can on Veltro. Everyone, you have your orders. Move into position. It just doesn't add up. We rise from the dead. Let's talk Revelations, because that's coming out very soon. I will start by saying it got a 39 out of 40 on Famitsu, which is a very good score. Yeah, but Edge gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, but Edge are awful. Edge is just up Microsoft's ass. True but... words have never been spoken. Yeah, well, exactly. Nintendo, dear God, no, it's bound to be rubbish. Bear in mind, if that gets released on uh, Xbox Arcade Network, Edge will give it 9. Even if it's made 0 improvements to it, it'll be... Oh, because it's on Xbox Arcade. Brilliant. But on a Nintendo handheld? No. <laughs> anyway, rant over. So, Revelation's coming out this month, I think, yeah. Paul, as in Newsbox, what are your hopes for the game? Well, so far, it doesn't look like it's connected to any of the other games, really. It's an individual story set in the main series, basically. There's not many connections so far that we know of. Apart from, obviously, the BSA. Yeah, the BSAA, and we've got a new organization now, the FBC. They are making a lot of... But, Too many, I feel. But I would say, though, of course, as we all know, after the fall of Umbrella, like, see, the T-Vice did go into a lot of terrorizations. So is it not feasible there to be lots of incidents? And if you remember on the degeneration, it does show the number of biohazard incidents. So if you look on the, on the map, it just... You know, sprouted out with loads of things from incident locations. So whenever Capcom make a new Biohazard game, they get out a copy of Degeneration. They freeze the uh, screen <laughs> yes, at that yes. map where all the incidents have happened. Going right, um, Japan. Let's go there next. You know, yep. let's make it there. That's where we got an outbreak. We'll use one there. I think that was intentionally the way they set up the story now with the BSAA and with bioterrorism all around the world now. So. They've got yeah. more opportunities for more, yeah, more, more individual stories. stories. Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't be surprised if it's up to the supplemental material to perhaps link it together a bit better. Yeah, I was hoping Mahava Desire would be another individual supplemental story, but that doesn't appear to be part of the main series anymore. Chris is a member of the Aspirations unit in it, instead of being a special operations agent, which is pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. I think we all... Would love to see the Wildstorm comics made canon. What, Fire and Ice? Or the, uh, the RE5? <laughs> Fire and Ice, Jesus. Because I want to have, like, Resident Evil in space, like Moonraker. <laughs> it was like Moonraker. Those comics were just awful. I'm that like... was with the Resident Evil 5 one, wasn't it? With yeah. Holiday Sugarman. Holiday Sugarman. And... <laughs> Agent Gear, the lady with the rather large bosom. Yeah, floating around in space. They didn't end up in space for very long. It sort of started in space, and then we kind of never really, you know, saw space again. It sort of went into the jungle quite quickly. They should have kept it in space, and then had Roger Moore turn up somewhere, and, you know, that's what I would have done if I was writing them. I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. Yeah, there you go. Now <laughs> you're getting it. You know? <laughs> I think the only comics I really enjoyed were the Code Veronica, uh, the Hong Kong comics. They matched the game, and it was quite a bit, you know, interesting sort of seeing scenarios from the game you know represented in, in the comic and a couple of the early chapters of the first wildstorm ones from collection one kind of mirror the early events a little bit of, of resident evil one but yeah revelations I, I was just going to say i was pleased to see the option to switch between first and third person you know, i've always been a third person i don't enjoy this kind of halfway house that capcom have found you know between first and third but it's to me you know i presume that's enjoyed more by the first person fans you know to me um you know I, i've not enjoyed it i just think you know either go with one or the other but um i don't mind it providing as i said lost in nightmares shows that it can be done to an effective survival horror 
Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's no excuse. I mean, with games like Skyrim, for example, that you know, it's recently come out, you can literally just you know play the whole game in either third or first, and that would be my hope for RE6, and certainly that was a good option I enjoyed. I mean, it, it goes back to Dead Aim, where I think with and, and Gaiden, where you know you can change into first person for the combat. So um, no, I'm looking forward to that. I don't, in Gaiden, you didn't have much choice. The uh, if you were spotted, the, yeah. the undead came towards you, and then you were thrust into this first person, which itself was all right, but then for some reason indicated that it's awful aiming and you're just shooting left and right. You see, you're just talking about the switch between third and first person, but Dead Aim did it long before any of these other Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Love Dead Aim. Oh, loved it. I mean, for me, Dead Aim, you know, really brought the atmosphere and the, the survival horror of remake more than four and five for me. That's not a popular view, I don't think. Well, you know, I think obviously Revelations has taken inspiration from Dead Aim as well. And I would also say Gaiden with the storyline, obviously, with Chris apparently looking, going missing on the boat and then someone trying to find him. It looks very similar yeah. to Leon going missing. I mean, we had that before, you know, with sort of Bravo and Al. Alpha. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a nice boat, the Queen's at Obia. There's no one, no, no one thought about that. No one looked at it and gone, that's a nice cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope the captain doesn't drive too close to that. That's going to be a dated joke, though. Oh, you mean that, that cruise ship? I, I do mean the Italian cruise ship, yeah. Yeah, that cruise ship that sunk off the coast of Italy. Interesting, that, isn't it? <laughs> you think, you think, that, you think that's a, uh, it's a Capcom viral marketing stunt? <laughs> yes, they sunk an entire cruise ship to come up one game. Yes. I'm buying so you st- start in episode board. two with an apology then, John. <laughs> to the family, no, it? I reckon that's why Capcom can't afford a decent translator because they pissed away all their money buying a cruise ship to sink it off the coast of Italy to promote a game coming out the 3DS. It makes perfect irrational sense. I think it's there must be some truth to that. But yes, there must be some. <laughs> yeah, there was no one on the cruise ship. They just sank it. That's all they did. No, they put the old translators on it. No, no, they wouldn't have done that. But in fairness, though, the reviews that have been out so far have said the Queen's Zenobia is one of the best locations the series has ever had. See, I'm telling you, it's a nice place, that cruise ship. You know, they've said the atmosphere it generates, and I think it's totally free-roaming. What I was hoping for, yeah, a more open world. I mean, from what I've seen, the gameplay, most of the gameplay that I've seen, you do have that more survival horror atmosphere. I enjoyed these sort of BOWs that kind of slightly resemble the Regenerators from yeah, RE4, yeah. which I thought were one of the most sinister you know, enemies from that game. So That yeah. leads me to my next point, actually. When we saw the first footage, you saw some gameplay and you saw the enemies, right? Pretty much everyone, every single fucking person was on about Jill. Oh, what, what's Jill's face? What did her face? Jill this, Jill that, Jill whatever. I think me and Paul were the only two people who thought, ooh, what were those enemies? You know, what was that monster? As opposed to, oh, look, what's that monster? Jill Valentine, you know. <laughs> horrible in the first few. No, we're not talking about Jill. I'm, I'm sick. I'm, I'm sick of, I'm, honestly, I'm sick of hearing about Jill. This is not a Los Jaluminados meeting we're in here. I'm not going to talk about Jill. No more. We vetoed any discussion on Jill. Yep. I'm making it illegal. In my ideal world, talking about Jill Valentine would have the same severity as being discovered with child pornography. <laughs> <laughs> and those of you here who are parents, you know, you know, it makes you think how severe that punishment will be if you talk about Jill. Don't overreact. I'm serious. I know, I know you are, John. <laughs> The game itself seems to be quite good anyway. I think all of the negative things have been also praised as positive, like the episodic structure yes. and the story in some cases. I'd agree, I'd agree. I think the um, the gameplay should be good fun for both people. I think it's going to appease the fans of RE4 and the over-the-shoulder action people. But at the same time, will us followers it- of the game for the long time also be quite happy. It just shows it can, you know, as with Lost in Nightmares, it can be done. Given limited ammo, give, instead of a zombie, if you don't want a zombie for gameplay reasons, fair enough, give them these kind of aqua zombie things and make them more difficult to kill. You know, it's it's going to make it like, you know, the, the old feeling of I need to run out of this situation, I don't need to stand here and kill every single and one. And that's all you want. Yeah, yeah. you've got that positive environment again. I've mentioned this before, right, and I've got to bring it up again, but I don't think that Jill really has gone through a lot of shit in the series. I think she's got off quite easy, to be honest. She doesn't deserve the uh, the fandom. Does she not? No, because there's one character on Revelations that has been through a lot worse, 
but he kept doing his job right until the end. And that's the Zenobius com officer. <laughs> no, I'm serious, right? If you read that diary thing he's written, right, he was doing his job right until the very end. He was loyal to his company, and he, you know... So he was the keeper in Resident Evil 1? Well, he was working for Bastard. This guy was just a normal guy. You know, he was just doing his job, you know, and right until the very end, there he was, and he got a distress call, doing his job. To be fair, though, we don't actually know who the crew of the Queen Zenobia were working for. Hasn't the ship been officially missing since 2003? Yep, there's oh, that really? too. It's like Ghost Ship, the film Ghost Ship. Yeah, but the comm officer wasn't feeding pigs to BOWs. <laughs> <laughs> he was sending out a distress signal. He wasn't doing anything untoward, you know? But no, no one thinks... You no, know, like I said, this man has gone through a lot of shit, right? And he's suffering. And the only thing that Parker could say is, well, I guess he's not in a, uh, a position to communicate with anyone anymore. <laughs> it's like, well, you bastard. That's like, <laughs> that's like, that's like laughing. That's, honestly, that's like laughing at people with cancer, that is. That's what he's done now. His fate is worse than the Keeper. The Keeper lost his mind, but the comm officer keeps his mind. He's infected, and he knows. Why we and there's a fucking to... monster going out of his shoulder. Yeah, but I think we should be able to have a chat with him at the end of the battle, the boss battle. There should be a chat with him. And it's like, oh, are you all in... right? He's like, oh, it's all right, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to die soon, but here's the keys to the captain's place. So uh, you guys go and have some fun and that, you know? I think he does talk to you during the Yeah, he, like, asks you why you're shooting him. <laughs> why does no one think about saying, you know, anything back to him? They just shoot him. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, look, mate. Right, you've got a monster growing out of you. I know this, you know this. Let's just try and make this as easy as possible for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> There's no diplomacy here. There's no words. It's just, oh, let's shoot it. You know? Can I say what I'm excited about more than ever is actually the deployment of the uh, is it Farafello or the the, the aqua hunters in the city? That looks far like Farello, I think. Is that how? Yeah. Is that pasta? It's a type of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's the it's the action man bow ties. You know, in terms of like the actual plot development, I'm intrigued just to know if that's a flashback to a previous incident where it was contained. I think the case with that weird citadel thing. Yeah, the Terragia. That's the one. Yeah, that was that took place in 2004. Ah, right. I mean, are, are we assuming there that that incident? It was all linked in, and then obviously it's behind that that the terrorist group that did it. Yeah, Veltro, for reasons yeah. unknown, attacked the city, mm. and the city had to use its own solar energy matrix to destroy the biohazard. And that, By scorching. Yeah, and I think that decision caused some fallout between the Federal Biohazard Commission and the BSAA, who were assisting them. Why have that federal thingy? Why not keep it to the, uh, have the GDC that, that we hit? GDC? Yeah. From Resident Evil 5, why not have them involved? Why have another? Well, my theory is that the BSAA were, they're kind of the UN, you know, they're like, um, they're under, they're created by the Global Pharmaceutical Consortium. So they're like, kind of like the UN, you could say, really. We'll just say that. Whereas the FBC probably answer directly and solely to the US government as opposed to yep. this consortium. Yeah, oh, I, I agree with that, yeah. Is anyone else expecting to see Veltro pop up again? You know, are they going to be the new Umbrella? I think Paul mentioned before, and I'd agree, I think most of the new characters are going to sort of be contained within this game. Yeah, uh, I agree, yeah. I think it, they'll just be like this game's sacred snakes. In the, what is it, Cap Bomb magazine? I think it says under Veltro's description that they were a group of college students, and then they increasingly got more patriotic and jingoistic yeah. over a certain country and then eventually they started militarizing some members left or something yeah and but now, Paul, i don't most, think they're going to be very important most college students can't be asked to get out of bed in the morning do you really think they're going to mount a terrorist attack against you know a major city and that's Why the not? thing i don't know how that's going to work out it's one way to skip your lectures anyway what about <laughs> hunk and is he confirmed or was that a um I don't know, is that more just a uniform? I don't know. I think that was just in the first trailer. There was also a, a kind of like black zombie in the first trailer. Yes. And that hasn't been seen either. So There's also that thing, the kind of Australian guy sitting in the chair, I think it was. Oh, yeah, the, the one he hasn't been seen either. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he hasn't been seen. So and... are we thinking placeholders? Or... I think that's it. I think it's a placeholder because the guy in the chair is Chris, and obviously he's probably, at some point he will get captured by Veltro. Yeah, the yep. game is mostly follows Jill present time, and then it starts going through flashbacks. 
Oh, and that's when you face Chris the... and Jessica in the, in the cave. Yep. Yeah, and then it leads up to how they were captured. And then for some yeah. reason they go to the ship after Jill and Parker. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> what about this guy? They go to the ship and it's secured by the BSAA out there and then they leave somewhere else. Don't know. Where? What about this conversation we see? I think we saw on the first trailer between Jill and Chris, where you know they appear to be at odds with each other. We haven't seen any of it anymore, like lately. But it's probably still going to be in the game somehow. Yeah, I agree. And what's the ginger name guy? What's his name? Raymond Vester. Yeah, he he looks like this game. Conan O'Brien. <laughs> he looks like this game's Irving. Yeah, Irving was kind of. Okay, I think. You, you need to be careful here, Nick, because don't make fun of gingers. I'm, I was not. At no point. Well, I've, I've got my eye on you, mate. <laughs> you know where I work. I know where you work, yeah. <laughs> is that the only ginger Resident Evil character? Um. <laughs> it, it, probably, it probably is, the bastard. Steve Burnside, was he not ginger? Ah, oh, there we go, yes, yeah, Steve, he was, he was. And look what happened uh, to him. I think they changed him to brown in Darkseid Chronicles. <laughs> Yeah, he's not. Yeah. And Leon was ginger in the full motion videos for RE2 as well. See, see, that's not fair. That's not fair, right? I mean, if you were black or Asian, you could say, oh, that's racist, like do with RE5, you could have it changed. I can't do anything. I can't. I, can't, I mean, it's, it's the same principle, but no, I can't do that. I can't play that card. No, yeah. there's no such thing as being ginger. There is. <laughs> is that? There is. It's, you know, it just gets dismissed because, oh, I think it's a moot issue, blah, blah, it's just schoolboy fun, you know. No, it isn't. It's a very real thing. It stays with you for life, doesn't it, John? It does. Do the nasty boys of Portsmouth hunt you down, John? No, no, I don't have any trouble with them. I wouldn't venture to Portsmouth. Right, um, has anyone played any demos of Revelations no. yet? No. I played the I've demo played of the one. Game of Nurseries, yeah. Yeah, same here. Talk us through it, Harry. Not even, not even five minutes long. And where, where, does it, is it the, up to the scene with the, um, the hand coming up out of the goo? No, I think it, it doesn't have a scene, I think. It just starts off randomly in the middle of the ship. Oh, right, okay. And Jill. Yeah. It's right before the scene with Rachel in the trailer. Only in the demo, it's an FBC agent who gets kind of crushed against the window. You know what I'm thinking? You know that scene where they're examining that goo yeah. stuff? I could just sort of picture Barry going, oh, I hope this isn't Chris's scene. <laughs> Classy. We need to cover our tracks. No one can know Umbrella was involved. Failure is not an option. Can I just briefly talk about how Slant 6 fucked up this entire game? Feel free. <laughs> Rant away. I'll probably join in. I just need to get it off my chest just for two minutes because it's the most annoying thing in the world. All this crap about it being canon and fitting the story of Biohazard 2 and 3 is just total bollocks. Yeah, that was Mike Jones, I think. The guy doesn't know what he's talking about, I'm pretty sure. I don't yeah, think he's ever see, worked on the series before, so... It does fit, how it does... Yes. Yeah, so tell him, tell him, John, tell him how you're it both, works. You're both <laughs> wrong, it does fit into the canon. It does. It doesn't. It does, it does fit into the canon. It does not. It does. Nope. Dick, you tell him. I, I, I can't claim credit, this is purely uh, John's theory. It's all a simulation. Yeah, 
I wouldn't mind. I would not mind at all. I think, in regards to the timeline, it takes place after Raccoon City. Yep. Okay? But it's a simulation designed to test potential USS recruits. It, I placed them in a situation like Raccoon City, you know, where how would they deal with it? How would they cope? What would they do to test for future recruits? Yeah. Right? Selection process. So a VR simulation. I don't think me and John would mind that. I think everyone would I like would that, prefer right? the game if it was like that, but so far they're very contradictory. And yeah, what the, it reason why, is. the reason why there's contradictions can be down to discrepancies in the simulation itself because the fact that any combat data might be incomplete or inaccurate. So I know, that's why I said I would like it for it to be a simulation, but so far they say it's not. They say it fits perfectly and does not contradict anything, which we've pretty much proven to be bullshit. Unless there's a specific line you can go down. That's but the... what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you you know you keep Leon alive and various other things like that, you can match the, the old scenario. You've got these meetings with Hunk meeting up with the team, and it may happen, but I I just think it's going to be if if you want to make it fit, it's going to take. There's no harm in Nikolai being in it because what's to say that you know he after you know taking pot shots at the wolf pack, he then buggers off to go and piss around with Jill, you know, so. He's got two yeah. days to fill, isn't he? Between yeah, yeah. It Nikolai is. is okay. He's probably the only thing that could possibly fit in the game. I bet in you, the though, game it, within I bet you, wider despite, series. Yeah, despite that, it will still mess up with Outbreak. If I can just touch on that, first thing I noticed watching the City Hall level walkthrough on IGN was they've changed the date of Hunk's mission and the T-Virus spill from September 23rd to September 20th. We know it's September 23rd from various timelines in the Japanese books, and I think it's Chief Irons' diary entry in Resident Evil 2, where he says the virus was leaked on the 23rd. The way you can work out the time in which the levels are set is uh, the City Hall level takes place 168 hours after the virus is leaked, which is a week, which would place it as September 27th. And that's fine, but it gives you, like, while the level's loading, it sort of briefly goes through what's happening while the uh, clock counts up from when the virus was spilt, and you've got UBCS members in Raccoon City 20 minutes after the virus leaked. Oh, and what? And obviously, basic research on Resident Evil 3 will tell you that UBCS didn't turn up till the 26th. And it's it's little things like that which, you know, ruins the I mean, whole can't, thing. Can't we simply just treat it in a similar way to, uh, you know, Dark Side Chronicles, the um, inconsistencies, you know, in the Resident Evil 2 chapters they had there? I mean, like, I mean, my, my, my attitude is just simply just to ignore it. But, uh, you know, like with a lot of things, you know, just ignoring it won't make it go away. Yeah, I don't like picking and choosing within the canon. So, I don't think Capcom do that either. It's like Operation Raccoon City has zombies showing up in various points in the city half an hour after the virus spill in the sewers. Yet you've got diary entries in the Outbreak games, like from September 22nd, September 23rd, and everyone, everything's fine. Well, there's a bit of a football game going on on the... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of Outbreak, you know the first mission Outbreak, first scenario, when did that happen? 23rd or 24th, I can't remember which we decided on. Hellfire happens in between. That's all. Uh, I think it happens. Mm, you it happens right after, right after the entire stadium gets infected. Then all the zombies, the zombies you see in the streets, pretty much spill out from the stadium. Oh. I think it's on the 23rd because in one of the hotel rooms in the Apple Inn, there's a diary entry from one of the guests. You know, in the room that has that big electronic picture puzzle on the wall, and he's complaining oh, about yeah, the lights yeah. and not being able to sleep. I think it's the, the diary entry of the 23rd, he's complaining about it and says he'll leave in the morning to get a, uh, a better hotel and you can see all his luggage packed beside his bed when you're actually playing through the game. Uh, so obviously he never left, so that tells me that the shit hit the fan on the 23rd before he had the chance to leave. <laughs> That's the best I can come up with anyway. I don't know. It's, it's, it's clutching the straws it. a bit, I know, but there's no definitive way to work out when exactly it started. No doubt we'll have a longer, longer discussion about outbreak theories and timeline consequences when we do the outbreak podcast yeah what if someone went back in time and fixed things or changed events in the series well like slant six are doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah maybe that's why adam bullard is no longer the creative director because he's the one that went back in time can leon cross his own timeline i don't know any doctor who fans oh i love doctor who well, I, was thinking, say... I, was, I was thinking more like Quantum Leap, in that uh, someone from Slant 6 kind of took on the form of someone in the games and has changed events somewhere, or, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Just forget I said anything. 
<laughs> in this game, they also try to explain uh, BOWs being controlled by chemicals somehow. I don't fucking know how. I don't think mind control and BOWs. Uh, yeah, but throughout the series so far, we've been told that BOWs respond to orders. They just get told what to do. Or, and the only exceptions have been the Tyrant R in Outbreak, which yeah. had cybernetic implants in its brain. And the that failed. That failed. No chemicals involved there. And Talos, just... of course. Yeah, and Talos. Oh, yeah, they say Nemesis goes out of control, despite the fact that its coat is what prevents it from going out of control, just like the Tyrants. Oh, yeah, that was it. Nemesis. Um... They say injecting him with a Tyrant controlling agent suddenly makes it okay. But Again, this is fucking stupid, real. You know how Nemesis uses a minigun in Operation Raccoon City? I don't think there is a problem with that because if he can Neither use a do rocket, I, really. if he can use a rocket launcher, what's to say he can't use any other heavy artillery yeah. or weapons? Yeah, none yeah. of his profiles will say that he only only uses a rocket launcher. They just say he's able to use weapons such as I, a rocket as, launcher. As I recall, when they fight Nemesis in Operation Raccoon City, he drops the minigun to rocket launcher. Except the rocket launcher. Yeah. So but there you go. While you're fighting him, you have a fucking army of spec ops suddenly joining in, mm-hmm. plus zombies, plus whatever else they decide to throw in. I and don't there's also a discrepancy though. between the fact that they have zombies and crimson heads in Raccoon City. Oh, <laughs> crimson heads and liquors. I mean, in the same game, that's fucking impossible. They're made well, of two different happens, strains of the T virus. So it happens in Umbrella's End. Yeah, but they were developed. <laughs> they were developed. Good point. Whereas this one was just accidental. You can't have liquors and Crimson Heads accidentally at the same time. They're both two different Trains, yeah. types of T-Virus. So. And the one good thing about the translated archives, it's always said that there's different strains, despite the errors. It actually said in the English version that the Crimson Heads... Well, there, there were always different strains of the progenitor, weren't there? I mean, the different versions that Lisa and George were, were injected. Yeah, mutant strains called Type A and Type B. Type A and Type B, yeah. Wesker gets another mutant strain. Should we move on to the quiz? Without further ado, has everyone got their desktops clear? Pens and papers at the ready. Right, are we all ready, folks? Yep. Ready. Right, we have question number one, and it's an easy question to start. Who right. is the Alpha Team's bum? Excuse me? Who is the Alpha Team's bum? Backup man. Oh, I gotta let me write this down. Let's be dope. Backup man or backup lady? Alpha team, yeah? Alpha team. Okay, so, yeah, alpha team. Bam, so put down your answers. There we go. And uh, moving on. Has everyone got, everyone put an answer? Yeah. Yeah, I got one. Hang on. There we go, I'll do. Moving on to question number two. Again, quite an easy one to get started here. Pure Terror Cubed is the tagline of which Resident Evil release? Oh. I'll be honest, you've only got a choice of three. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone got an answer? Yeah. Yep. Great. Question number three. Who did Greg Muller, uh, uh, Greg Muller conspire with at Raccoon City to create the Daylight Vaccine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, not that one. Everyone got an answer? Yep. yep, yep. Uh, this this one is, is quite difficult, and I'll be impressed if anyone gets it. Question number four. Who is the voice actor for Wesker in Biohazard 1? I know that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's sad that I know it, but I know it. You actually know it? I actually do know it. Unbelievable! I was, I was going to give everyone a clue. But, um, okay, well, no, I think you know the answer. Bear in mind, my, my research for this came from internet databases. Is that right, Nick? Well, I'm not going to say. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway. <laughs> and and uh, I'll hand over to question number five to Paul. Okay, question number five. Uh... What was the purpose of the no smoking signs in the hallway outside the meeting room in the RPD? The purpose? Yes, there is a purpose. That's a good question, Paul. Oh, where was this? Where were these signs? This is within the story. This doesn't sort of relate to what they look like if you know extra images and sort of look at them in detail. No, it's related to the story. Uh, where are these no, no smoking signs again? In the hallway outside the meeting I room I don't in the any... RPD. Well, I'm just going to put an obvious answer. 
Okay. <laughs> Everyone got an answer for question five? I just put smoking yep. ban. Okay. Now, we'll go for the answers. Right. Question number one. Who is the Alpha Team's bum? Mr. Spencer? Uh, I put Chris Redfield. And the Batman, John, what did you put? Uh, I put Barry. Barry. And Paul, what did you put? Uh, Mr. Barry Burton. You are correct. It is Barry Burton. Well done. I knew it wasn't looking good when everyone was saying Barry. I I I hope you weren't messaging during it. (laughs) Anyway, right. Question number two. Pure Terror Cubed is the tagline on which Resident Evil release. Mr. Spencer, what did you put for that one? Uh, Remake, Resident Evil on the GameCube. Paul? Yeah, I put Remake. I wasn't sure between Remake and Zero, but I put Remake in the end. And John? Yeah, I put Remake. You're all correct. Well done. And of course, Resident Evil Zero's tagline is the root of all evil. Question number three. Who did Greg Muller conspire with at Raccoon University to create the Daylight Vaccine? Batman, what did you put? Peter Jenkins. And Mr. Spencer? Peter Jenkins. And Paul? This is an outbreak question, isn't it? It is an outbreak question. Yeah, I did not know. You did not know. That's incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) It's Peter Jenkins. Well done. Question number four. Who is the voice actor for Albert Wesker in Biohazard 1? John, I'll come to you last. That's Mr. Spencer. So, Paul, what did you put? Didn't know. Didn't know. It is a tough question. Batman? Are we talking the original PS1 version? Yeah, we are talking PS1 one. Eric? That's all I know him as. Oh, I'm tempted to give you half a mark for Eric, but that's the actual actor who the opening video. Right, I've not, not got a clue then. John, reveal the answer, please. Sergio Jones. Correct! How on earth did you know that? I just remember, like, shit in my head. It's all floating around from the past, I just remember <laughs> it. He's not even credited on the blooming credits or anything like that. And uh, question number five, I'll read out the uh, question and then John can enlighten us. So what was the purpose of the no smoking signs in the hallway of the RPD next to the meeting room? Mr Spencer, what did you put? Public smoking ban. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, what did you put? I didn't know, but I guess some sort of code between the um, police officers were emergency codes between them during the emergency. Right. Good answer. John, what did you put? I put it was to hide the red gem in the picture above the fireplace behind the meeting room. Paul, do you want to re- reveal the answer? John is correct. John, oh, yes. the Batman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but don't I get half a point? Because that is a reason. Because, you know, smoking indoors is banned. So no smoking. In it wasn't. It wasn't it? Probably in America. I don't know what Europe was like. So we'll find it out. There's half a point in this for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that concludes the quiz. Well done. Those were good questions. They're not bad, not bad. We'll think of better ones, don't worry. I like well, that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. How do people play along? Because if they're... Wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, after the first round, Mr. Spencer, John, you have three. It's all right. Batman, you got an impressive four out of five. And the strongest competitor here, because he's holding up the rest, Paul with two. Can I ask Newsy to just repeat the answer to the last one, the purpose of the no smoking signs? It was to hide the red gem behind the hanged naked woman picture in the meeting room. I like that. Very good. Okay. There we go. But don't worry, plenty of podcasts to go. I'll keep track of the scores and we'll have another quiz next game. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you not hosting University Challenge already? (laughs) I don't know. I I, I, I surprise myself when I watch it. I usually get about five. It would just give viewers a shock when they're used to, like, you know, the harshness of Jeremy Paxman. And you come <laughs> out and go, all right, guys, best of luck. <laughs> you know? So that concludes the quiz. So uh, the last part of the um, podcast, folks, is to think about what's happening next podcast and what the uh, charming uh, listeners can listen out for. More shit. <laughs> More shit. Well, I do believe it will be February's Touchwood podcast at some point, late February's. And I think the focus of that will be uh, Operation Raccoon City and an in-depth look at what we can look forward to in that podcast. And also, by then, revelations should have come out and we can have a reflective moment on the good, the bad and the ugly of the game. And uh, we can see how, you know, have a quick discussion about how that Im- implements on the overall chronology of evil. And the problem is, I think Paul and John are going to go into this, you know, with a negative bias towards Operation Raccoon City. We don't you know? have a bias, it just fucking doesn't work. <laughs> 
See what I mean? See what I mean? There's no bias if it openly shows that it's not what it says it is. Well, there's a lot of things I bought from IKEA that don't work, but I don't give me a right to bitch, you know? <laughs> good point, good point. But what we do want people to do is send us messages for the proper first podcast, which will be about Operation Raccoon City or Revelations. Feel free to um, either contact me or any of the uh, podcasters here. Record a message, put it on Mega Upload or however you want to do it. And then the best ones will get played on the uh, on, on the podcast, so hear your charming voices. Yes, it's a slight rip-off of the RPD dispatch, but, well, we want to open it up to uh, everyone. So everyone on the uh, community is going to have a good listen and a contribution to the podcast as well. Well, we are the spiritual successor to the RPD dispatch. And uh, unless anyone's got any more contributions to make, I think that will conclude the podcast for today. All right. Well, it's goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, just Trevor. It's goodbye from me, Newsbot. It's goodbye from me, the Batman. And it's uh, goodbye from me as well, isn't it, Mr. Spencer? I want you to go out there and find out what those conniving creatures are up to. Don't you dare, Snag. I just had that tree dry clean. This zero sneer medal will be awarded to the agent who brings back the most information. Now get going. <laughs> Try to surprise zero sneer. Well, I love to spoil surprises. <laughs> <laughs>